Welcome to New Lens with Common Good Capital, where we talk with investors, RAAs, fund managers, and philanthropists about their experience within different impact investing themes, as well as explore the power of stewardship and capital. I'm your host, Jeff Schaefer, CEO of Common Capital, and I am here today with Jeff Lee. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. This is going to be fun. Jeff came knocking on my door back in 2018, wanting to come work at Common Good. His courage and persistence paid off, and let me tell you, I'm grateful for that. Jeff is an eternal optimist and brings his passion to make a difference at work. Ironically, it was Jeff's idea to start this podcast, and the nearly 20-year difference between us, I think, makes this relationship even more rich. Let's dig into your story and give our listeners a view of who Jeff Lee is. So Jeff, we're going to start off, obviously you've listened to all the podcasts, so you know this, but give us a little bit of background about yourself, where you went to school, where you grew up, a little about your career. And I'm sure anxious to see how vulnerable you get on this. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you having me again. This is fascinating to see this come to life over the last few weeks and months. But I grew up here in Orlando, Florida, Central Florida, where we're sitting producing this podcast. I'm actually a fourth generation Floridian. There's not too many of us out there. Grew up in several family members and generations here, but really I was raised by a single mom. It was just the two of us growing up. My father and mother separated when I was about four years old, and that was really due to a lot of substance abuse and and things like that growing up, and he actually ended up passing away right around the time I was entering high school as well, but was not all sob story. We had a, a beautiful life. It was just the two of us. Also had my grandmother raising me, a few other women. I like to say I was just raised by women growing <laughs> up, and that shaped me however way for the better, hopefully. And then I, I went to school here in Orlando, went to the University of Florida for my, my undergraduate. I'm actually going back there now to get my MBA. So I'm excited about that. I'm able to do that while I'm still working here at Common Good. Give us a little bit about your career. Yeah. So just a little background on my career. I'm 29, as Jeff mentioned, 20 year age gap, but I'm not 49. I'm close, but I'm not 49, (laughs) just to be clear. Just about, just about. But really, once I graduated University of Florida, started at Merrill Lynch and I was there for a couple of years, then CNL, a private real estate, private equity firm here in Orlando. Uh, It's really where I got started in alternative investments and capital raising. And actually, Jeff was not there when I was there. He had had just left. We just missed each other and heard a lot about him at that point. You know, he's had a great reputation around that building still. And it was actually a few years into that when I heard about what he was doing with his brother, Jonathan, here starting Common Good very early on. And through just like you said, <laughs> a lot of knocking on his door, showing up at his office saying, you know, I'm willing to come take this jump and start Common Good with you. Now we're here about almost three years later. Yeah. And I, I remember when you reached out because I didn't know you, I had heard of you and then you just were persistent. And I remember saying, look, we eventually will need more people. We're in a startup mode. I'm not really in a spot where we can afford it. And you're like, just hire me and we'll do whatever. And I will say you have been a trooper and you have been, had your head down the last, is it three years now? Almost this yeah, summer. Yeah. And uh, you've just been, I mean, for, for those who are listening, especially of the younger generation, 
I mean, I think you were a model of saying, this is something I'm passionate about and I'm willing to sacrifice and it's working great. Now we need to take off so that we can reward <laughs> you in a much bigger way, but we're grateful that you are with us. How would you describe, because there's a lot, I mean, let me step back actually, because there's some things in there that we need to fill in a little bit. So tell us about, you just recently got married. Give us a little snapshot That's of right. of your wife. Yeah, just got married actually during COVID, one of those COVID weddings just in her backyard here on a lake in town in her family's house she grew up in her whole life. So that was special for her and really for both of us too, just having a very intimate ceremony, only known each other a couple of years now, grew up in very similar circles, but never crossed paths. And I actually met her kind of right as I started at Common Good. I think yes, you did. Yes, you did. I remember a that. A month or two after I started. So our, our journeys have kind of come together with that as well starting common good and what does jesse do for a living well she's actually in graduate school right now at university of florida of course doing physician assistant she's going to be in the medical field she's been in her rotations this year throughout covid working in the emergency room different outpatient situations so getting her feel for what she wants to do next also one thing i I do need to go back and emphasize in your intro is (laughs) you are an avid gator fan oh yeah which is fun to be around i didn't grow up here so i don't particularly care about any of the schools from a college perspective i'm a i'm a huge oregon duck fan but it's fun to have you in the office who is a diehard gator fan i think i've only missed the i think the counts up to six or seven now home football games since i was six or seven years old something like that the other thing you should know about Jeff is, and he didn't, again, didn't share it, which is okay. There's a little bit of a lengthy story to it, but I think it characterizes who you are. You did not make it to Florida on your first attempt. You went a, a route, but you got there. That's right. A lot of my friends say it was kind of the Rudy route trying to get yeah. in. Took me my third attempt, counting coming out of high school, transferring to another university in the state here, applying a over and over again and, and finally getting in after about a year and a half. So that was that was a special moment for sure. Just uh, persistence paying off. You're starting to get a little bit of a, a snapshot or a view, I guess, of your persistence. And it definitely has been paying off for you. So last question kind of on your family of origin. So your, your father passed away when you were going into high school. Obviously, your parents were divorced. One could take those experiences and view the world whatever, negatively with a chip on your shoulder, however you want to say that. Where where does your optimism come from? Because you clearly are an optimistic guy. I think that's a good question. I think that's something I've been wrestling with and trying to figure out myself over the last several years. And I think part of it is, I would say, my faith has been a big part growing up. And also just, I think you're faced with your emotions early on and how you're going to respond to certain situations. And you can go a negative route or you can go a positive route. And it's actually the science backs. If you choose the positive route, those outcomes are going to be more positive and reframing your thinking. And there's a book called Growth Mindset that I, the guys around here know I like to, to preach about as well. It's not that my first reaction isn't immediately thinking about the negatives and what's the worst that could happen, but just kind of reframing my thought process and and pursuing what what I think ultimately I want and what I think the Lord wants for for my life is positive outcomes and doesn't mean that always happens by any means always going to be obstacles to overcome but I think 
just pursuing that and, and taking all the little steps is is all anyone can do. How would you best describe yourself in the context of where you're at in your life journey? It's a it's a <laughs> it's a lot of words, but you got a lot going on right now, a lot of exciting things, and you've still got this whole journey of your life left to go. So where are you at and how'd you describe yourself in the, in that context? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's funny because I feel like I have lived a lot of life at this point and with some of the things we've talked about already, but I'm also, you know, one of my mentors would say your freshman decade is your twenties and then sophomore is your thirties and so on. And I'm trying to really just end my freshman decade as as strong as possible. And that's part of with common good, with this MBA, with building foundation for a family with Jesse, my wife and I to Make sure the the bones are good going forward and before we start a family or anything like that. Well, I probably should tell you this, not just on a podcast, but I'm going to share it with you on a podcast as well. Look, I appreciate your energy and drive and enthusiasm. Yes, I have an MBA and, and, and like you're pursuing it, but I think as I get a little bit older, you get a little more, at least I do, a little more weary, a little more tired and having a guy who seeks knowledge and is willing to put in the work uh, is motivating from my perspective. So I, you know, I'm, and I know this is something you've been dreaming about for a while is doing an MBA and to see you actually move forward and do all the necessary steps. And you started what uh, this last month, a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. So we'll have to do a, a follow up in uh, two years when you finish and to <laughs> see all the wisdom you've gained. How would you say, and whether that's here at Common Good or whether it's just in your life in general, how are you trying to change the world? <laughs> we're just going for some small you know, when, ones here. When I helped you come up with some of these questions, <laughs> it seemed a lot better for some of our guests yes. uh, than me. Definitely have imposter syndrome right now, but <laughs> that's okay. How am I trying to change the world? Really, this vessel at Common Good that we're trying to get going is the biggest way right now on a larger scale is I think it's just fascinating seeing capital markets be a force for good. And that can come down to the climate, to the wealth gap, to really any of these themes we're focused on. And really, I just think me doing my my role here and raising capital and getting capital flowing and hopefully changing people's perspectives for the future is a huge part of how I want to change the world. And I think I want to keep pursuing this for a long time. And I think we're well on our way. But also, I think I'm only... 29, like I mentioned, I think whatever I do the next several decades is going to be some aspect of impact investing and finding area of capital markets as is efficient and trying to direct capital to people who who need it most. So you're on the phone every day, educating, talking to registered investment advisors, multifamily offices about impact investing. Honestly, what's what's that been like over the last three years? <laughs> <laughs> It's been it's been quite a journey, especially over the last three years when we were first starting off. You know, I don't know if this has been talked about on the podcast. We were we were in a nice garage, but we were in a garage like a lot of startups. We have not talked about that actually. So we're in the process of signing on some of these incredible world changing fund managers, but we hadn't yet. And so it was selling the dream mm-hmm. at first when we first started out. And honestly, some of those key relationships are still around and they've been some of our best that really bought in from day one and to now fast forward three years later and we're walking in offices I guess pre-COVID but walking in some of the biggest best offices in the country and 
and able to bring value to them. It's been eye-opening to me to see that journey and and I've really also on the other end of the phone seeing people's eyes open up to what this whole impact investing world is. Just in the last few years, I feel like it's accelerated tenfold. No, I agree with you. Obviously, impact investing is a marrying of head and heart. How would you talk about you realizing the power of capital? Another another tough, good question. <laughs> as far as capital markets, like we've been talking about, was really at our at our previous life at CNL, seeing a large alternative investment manager with billions to spend, how they're going to allocate that, how to think about that and the best use of their investors. And but really before that, on a on a smaller kind of life scale, real life example was I think back in high school is really when a lot of that started clicking because like other millennial age people, their great financial crisis was going on when a lot of us were in middle school, high school time frame. And I saw other students that thought maybe they were going to go to an Ivy League school. They were certainly qualified or Virginia, somewhere like that. Overnight, seemingly, their parents and, and they're in a different financial situation and they're going to a nice, great state school here in Florida, but certainly different. And then also different experiences like a mission trip I went on consecutive years to the Dominican Republic and seeing people's lives be transformed by allocating capital towards building them homes, supplying water to their community, things like that. I think a lot of that was just clicking. Maybe this is the opposite side of that coin. What does stewardship mean to you? Stewardship means that nothing really is our own. I don't know anyone that's that's going to live forever. None of my friends are going to be on this earth forever. And so I think it's our responsibility to really be the best steward of our capital and not only just capital, but also our time, how we're spending our time. Are we continuing to to push ourselves and, and put ourselves also in each other's shoes and not put each other in these different corners of society that I think is happening more and more these days and really try and come to the, the same table and come to the same truce and agreements on things to, to better everyone rather than this tribalism that, that may be going on in, in certain parts of the world and really how we can come together to solve a lot of these issues. And I think we owe it not only to ourselves, but you know, as I start a, to think about a family one day and a, a family legacy, I want to make sure I'm leaving it a better place. And I think a lot of millennials feel that previous generations have you know not left us in the best place when it comes to any number of these things we like to talk about that has actually created this whole impact investing movement solving these larger problems so your view of stewardship are there people events that you would say have been influential in how you think about stewardship i think certainly you are a huge part in how you have started Common Good and really this second half of your career and not only Common Good, but how you and your family allocate your time and talent and resources. And really also for me, it is certainly a faith-based aspect for me. I think my personal belief is that it's the Lord's capital. Certainly you're going to own in your time here, certain, um, you know, you're going to own your own home, you're going to have your own business, et cetera. But really I think it's ultimately about pouring into your neighbor as well as much as you can. And I think you do a good job of that professionally as well as personally. Well, 
That's <laughs> thank you. That's uh, I did not think you were going to say that, and that's not why I asked the question. But uh, I'm honored that you you did answer it that way. So thanks. You're 29. You've got a beautiful wife. You're in the process of transitioning from a house to a to a new apartment. You're getting your MBA. Your wife's about ready to to go out and be a professional and start her career. So you just got. Lord willing, you probably have kids someday. You just got a lot of wonderful things in front of you. So this may, question may be hard because <laughs> there's probably a gazillion things you could say. But so just give me one. If you could make one dream come true for your life, what would that be? Uh, <laughs> I think there it is. I think it's easy for me actually. It's two parts. One is I want to be always have even when even when I was writing my college admissions essays, it clearly was not what they were asking me. But I've always wanted to be a father and create a family legacy, really like I never had growing up. And not only that, I think I can see ways to to pour into others that feel like that was missing in their life too. That's really, I think, one of my main callings and also being a husband in that. And, and then also really genuinely, my blood, sweat, and tears are going into common good. And I want to see this succeed in that if I had one wish right now is that more and more thousands and thousands of people will view common good as a resource to help change people's minds and hearts about impact investing and ultimately get capital flowing to these people that are way smarter than me, way more innovative. They are changing the world. And so we just need to get as many people on board with that as we can. So now you see why when this guy came to my office in 2018, I shouldn't say office. You came to, well, it was our office. It was, uh, it was our room above our garage and said, I need to come work at Common Good. It is in your blood. And I want nothing more than to see Common Good succeed, not only personally, but then it's guys like you who've poured your heart and soul into it. And then we know the impact that it not only has where money gets directed, but then also the individuals and those who invest and how it'll impact and, and change them. I'm going to leave this open. Is there anything else <laughs> you want? And I've never asked it this way to anybody. So, um, and I am not fishing for compliments. In fact, if that's, what's going to be donate, don't answer it. But any other thoughts that you have that you want to share with the listeners out there today? Wow. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a good question. I think I don't know. Why don't we why don't we turn this around and give we haven't done done your episode yet, but let's give them a teaser. Where do you see common good in the future? You can go as far in the future as you want. It could be next year, it could be 10, 20 years from now. What's your what's your dream when you Yeah, wow. This is you're turning the tables. I like that. <laughs> Partly cuz I want to I want to hear the answer too. It's a hard question for me to answer because while I have a vision and while I've been called, uh, you know, starting a business, as you know, is hard enough, let alone in this space where you're trying to change people's views and perspective, not only just views and perspective on money, but you're actually saying, put your capital in this and risk it because every investment's a risk, risk it for not only yourself in return, but risk it for others. So it's, it feels a bit arrogant for me to say what it's going to look like 20 years from now. But with that, let me at least throw this out. I mean, I would love to see common good in the discussion at a high level in the financial services industry, squarely in the middle of how do we make this world a better place with investment capital, but also 
how are we allowing investors to experience the joy and freedom that that journey could bring? And so I don't know how it happens, but man, if this could be a company that gets passed down, whether my kids are involved or not, or, or beyond would be an absolute, I mean, beyond my wildest dreams. I will tell you for me personally, I would love to see guys like you guys like Michael, uh, other individuals who we haven't even hired yet. It is not my ultimate dream to be running common good even 10 years from now. This is much bigger than anything that I have the capacity to do. So I would rather have people come alongside, lift this thing up, carry this thing to heights bigger than I could ever dream. I personally would love to always stay connected to common good, but you probably know my, well, you do know my passion on formerly incarcerated men and women as well as those in prison. So for me in 10 years from now, I'd love to be focused 75% on that, creating a fund, working in that, in that genre, but then leveraging common good as a platform to help raise capital and bring awareness to that. Watch while guys like you and, and others are, are running the show. Love it. I love it. And I think based on what you just described, I think if I had one thing to share with everyone is just exactly what you're talking about. And if there's one thing I've learned the last few years, it's not about common good and you know where this is going to be in 10 years or 20 years or, or us. It's really there's a much larger movement happening that's going to be here and this is the future. And it's just a matter of whether individuals and investors and asset managers are going to get on board or not, because it seems like even for me being a younger individual, the trains left the station a while ago. Well, you've heard me say this before and to, to the concept of this trend and movement that's happening seven years ago, when I got off the corporate ship, I had this, view and, and vision of where I'd love to go. But back then it was still borderline in my nuts for thinking this. Uh, and I, I think that's completely off the table to me as far as being nuts. In fact, we're seeing it <laughs> everywhere. So without a doubt, we're in the right stream or river that's picking up stream. Humbly, are we in the right boat? Do we need to tweak stuff? Don't know, but we're clearly in the right spot. And right. we've got a great group of individuals who are on this boat together. So, Jeff, this is pretty cool. We <laughs> sat around this table, whatever it was. Was it six months ago, four months ago? It's maybe about six months ago yeah. now. And you're like, let's do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast. Yet it is. And, and James, who obviously works behind the scenes on this, he has a podcast. And he's like, it's going to be addictive. And he's right. It's addictive for me because I love to hear people's stories. So I appreciate you sharing. So Jeff, uh, your knowledge and your willingness to be vulnerable today, really appreciate it. We're cheering for you, not only a common good, but I'm cheering for you and your MBA. In fact, I forgot to ask you earlier today, and so we'll need to do it on our next roundup meeting is um, what have you learned in your first class as uh, MBA? But we won't go into <laughs> that here. So anyways, with that, don't forget to subscribe to A New Lens with Common Good Capital on your podcast app of choice. And please rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. This will help new listeners find the show and hopefully put them on the path to a more fulfilling portfolio within the impact investing space. I'm Jeff Schaefer. Until next time. This podcast is a production of Common Good Capital. It does not constitute an offer or a solicitation of an offer. Such offer would only be made through a private placement memorandum.
Prospective investors in private placement securities should be aware that making an investment is speculative and involves a high degree of risk, including the risk of losing all or a portion of an investment. Investments of this nature are illiquid and subject to substantial restrictions upon transferability.